Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Life's Journey, an Ankle Weekly Radio Show. Welcome to my show. I am Maria Ilyu, your director, manager, your host for Life's Journey, and our special guest today is Jeremy Sanson for Time to Train. I share his story when he went to the United States. Hi, Jeremy. Oh, good morning, Hello? Maria. Hello. Good. Good evening. How are we? Yes, good evening uh, here and good morning by you. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Uh, 11.30 over here, yes. And um, I've already done one radio broadcast uh, show this morning, so this is number two. Sounds good. And, 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 and which radio show did you did the show today for? Uh, so we uh, have one, uh, a local radio station here uh, called uh, 3WBC, which um, goes out to all the local suburbs in uh, Melbourne, uh, here in Victoria, in Australia. So uh, it's a community radio station, and uh, I also host a show here in Melbourne every fortnight uh, on that radio station, 94.1 FM, or you can streamline uh, 3wbc.org, O-R-G, dot A-U. And uh, that's on every fortnight on a Sunday. So our next show will be uh, Sunday the 8th of July on Australian uh, on Australian time, which would be, I think, a Saturday for you guys over there in the US. But thank you very much for having me on, on your show, Maria. You're welcome, um, Jeremy. Uh, so maybe you could share us with us... Um um, your story. I know you went to the United States and to visit our, your friend, and you went to some of the autism events, and you met some new people. Absolutely, yes. Look, I uh, I have a, a colleague who's an ambassador to uh, my program here in Melbourne, uh, Paul, uh, who I met over in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, in 2014, 2014, and. Uh, uh, Paul and I have a very similar sort of journey. We've both discovered um, many uh, ways to overcome and manage the traits of autism Asperger's through a diet and exercise routine. And uh, Paul was my uh, uh, driver, if you will, Maria. He uh, took me around to the various different locations where I, I had a few uh, autism presentations. One was in Michigan, and uh, that was tremendous. That was the navigating the uh, uh, what was it? The, the third annual navigating autism conference, um, and that was a wonderful event just to raise more awareness for about autism in uh, the state of Michigan. Uh, I had another at a sensory gym in Bluffton, which was fantastic. Um, Bluffton is a very small town. Uh, not too far, uh, just about three hours from South Carolina. So that was wonderful as well. And uh, and yes, most of the trip Maria was spent just um, driving to various different states. I also went to Washington, D.C. Um, and uh, Florida, Tampa, Florida. And uh, it was wonderful to definitely meet and, and talk with many different families. You went to Florida? Yes, yes, went to Florida, Tampa, Florida for a day and uh, we we met uh, a, um, a wonderful uh, ex-martial um, art expert and Hollywood superstar in uh, Orlando Rivera and his wife um, Dina and they have uh, an autism sensory uh, fitness studio and gym and uh, they're also doing a uh, an autism farm as well in in Florida, and uh, they are just doing so much to try and help as many families as well on the autism spectrum. So it was wonderful to see what was going on there, and uh, it's it's just been a a wonderful experience for me to travel from my hometown uh, over to the U.S. Uh, all to uh, see what's going on uh, in in another country, I suppose. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds like uh, was a very good um, experience for you and a journey, and and you did a lot of things, so that's awesome. Oh, absolutely! Look, and uh, 
you know, the US and Australia are uh, have a wonderful, healthy alliance together, and um, uh, you know, it was just wonderful to uh, also just do a bit of uh, sightseeing as well, Maria, and to see um, all, the, all what's happening in the US. I suppose usually the US are quite ahead of Australia and, and most other countries in many different ways. I have to admit, though, Maria, coming back home to Australia, I think that we. We might be ahead of you guys in various different ways, one being your healthcare system. I think that the, the US need a little bit more improvement there. Uh, but uh, having said that, uh, I, uh, I haven't been to all of the US, only just um, more the tail, the tail end. So, uh, but um, I, I, um, it was just an eye-opener, I suppose, Maria, to see um, what, what is happening in in uh, the various different parts of the United States, and um, in terms of once again autism and uh, uh, Asperger's, uh, I think there's some great, wonderful services and organisations in the US that are helping. Uh, I did notice a pattern though of a, a lot um, of pharmaceutical um, medical models. I, I noticed that in the US very much. Uh, a lot of dependency on on medications and things, which um, there's positives and negatives to that. But uh, uh, you know, certainly, I just noticed there was a lot more um, promotion for um, for that sort of thing. And uh, then coming back home here to Australia, uh, um, yes, we're, we're very big on um, a lot of the, um, the, the the health and and well-being, natural side of things as well, very holistic and. Uh, all that sort of thing. So uh, just just different, but very uh, interesting nonetheless. Um, yes, definitely. I hear that. And, you know, in, it's a, um, you know, it, different states has a little bit of different health system. And, and um, out here in New York is the straight Medicaid with pace and uh, straight Medicaid supports the services for people who need mm. the help with um, de- uh, developmental disability, autism, and and uh, learning disability, and things like that, and the the um, a lot of different a lot of different you know depends on what you like, what you want to do. Um, one of the best programs we have here in New York is self-directive, and self-directive. It gives the individual an independence um, support support them for an independent life. So they can live with a family member, they can live with their parents, and if they're able and they're ready to live on their own, they can with support. And they have a team. We have a broker, they have an MSC person, and then the, and then the individual, if they're able to communicate and share their own story, then they can hire who they want to hire and fire who they want to fire because it's about what about their program, what they want in their lives. And sometimes, you know, um, some parents will have, you know, they also have a say. And um, if children are the... If um, if the, the people who cannot share their stories, then the family members or the parents or the mother can um, you know support them, and long as they know it's for them and what they like, that works that way. So it's it's good, and they pay part of the rent. So yes. straight Medicaid needs, needs to um, so it's, even though is an issue with the Medicaid and the system. It's not only about the medical part that we, if it changes, yeah, you could deal with it like, uh, like anything else, like any other insurance, uh, in in different ways. But is the uh, the concern would be, I think, is just uh, supporting these services for these individuals who need that, or and some of them who cannot be by themselves. So that's and it's serving uh, lots of families. One um, agency supports self-directive. Um, I think they maxed out by um, up to 10,000 families they work wow. with. There's three other agencies with self-directive, so we don't know how many families they have. And then it's also they hire the workers. So even though they're maxed out of well, supporting how many families, they still hire mm. new people if, if you're interested in hiring them. So there's a process. But it's altogether about four, yeah. I believe about four agencies with self-directive. 
Fantastic. Yeah, well, that's uh, we've got a system here. I think uh, you, you guys may know of um, over there in the US, but we've uh, gone from having local service providers to help families to uh, obviously generate funding so that uh, uh, their loved one can go into spe- specific programs to receive that support and education and, and, and assistance. Um, well, now a lot of that's sort of changing now. We have what's called a, a national disability insurance scheme where uh, more power to the families to uh, allocate the, the, the funding and the money that, that's given to them, uh, that they've got more um, flexibility as to where they'd like to go. Whereas in the past, um, you, were rece- you would receive a certain amount of funding and, and you, you had to go in specific programs and services. Um, I could be wrong there. I think that was the original uh, format. Now, of course, uh, a lot of these service providers are unfortunately unable to survive as there's this uh, NDIS, National Disability Insurance Scheme, format that's come in. And uh, whilst it's um, got a lot of positives, um, there's also some negatives as well, with uh, a lot of loopholes. However, um, in the long run, I think um, it's certainly going to help a a lot more families to be able to pick and choose what services or organisations they'd like to um, put that funding and money into. So a lot of um, you know businesses, large and small, uh, including myself, um, we've got the uh, the option and uh, we're, we're encouraged to obviously register with this NDIS uh, format. And, um, and, and so I'll never run out of work, Maria. I'm, I'm helping so many families here in Melbourne, which is terrific. And, of course, I've got a... <laughs> uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, but that's just, you know, that is like the number um, sub-directive is... Uh, is more is like in how everybody could live independently. So, if yeah. anything out there is more, I think, I like the subdirective. We have to go somewhere. We have to go for support. I think subdirective is the way to go because it gives the individual um, uh, their independent lives. Other places sometimes is more about them. They do help out. Don't get me wrong, but it's you know it's it's just different system. They don't have as much hours of help. It's just um, and then yeah. sometimes, you know, it's just a totally different system. But uh, self-directive, um, the government likes to, one of the reasons uh, I remember hearing about self-directive saves fifty percent less. So of course, to put your loved one in self-directive, it costs the government fifty percent less than a group home. Right, for an individualized. Yes. yes, that's fifty percent. So you're talking about fifty percent is a lot of money. And then yeah, um, and sub directed base and fifty and so and it's individualized base. So some of them might need uh you plan out before they put everything together. Some might need an autism consultant. Um, you know, and then you could have classes and um you could, anything in art, you could, uh, they have probably, you could put money set away for the classes. It depends how they set your budget. So, and then they, you have to send a paper into upstate in Albany somewhere, and um, they have to prove it to see where are you independent, where you need help to be independent, where you need support to be independent, and then they have to look at that and assess that, and it takes about a month. And they'll say, okay, we give you 50 hours of higher help. We, we have you, only, you only can have 30 hours of higher help. So that determines how many hours you can hire a worker besides other things that you could get. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I'm all for definitely trying to work on an individual's skills and uh, towards in, improving in independence. Absolutely. One of the presentations I will be giving uh, uh, next month will be talking uh, nothing but independence. I think it's so important for anyone, uh, definitely on the spectrum, but basically for anyone, not even just on the spectrum, but uh, uh, everyone should definitely try to improve a little bit more in their uh, self-managing uh, and sufficiency skills and, and learning basic independent uh, thinking um, and uh, getting out there into the uh, workforce. And, um, you know, obviously it's uh, not not all about just trying to um, be in society where you're not on a uh, um, a disability uh, pension for your life for the rest of your life um, but I think for many 
certainly with uh, high-functioning autism or Asperger's and have a bit more uh, capacity um, in their development to be able to uh, integrate into a working environment uh, compared to someone with, say, more severe learning disability and, and difficulty or, or severe autism, um, I, I think absolutely I challenge those uh, more high-functioning and Asperger's to, to try absolutely getting out into a mainstream or into a community uh, environment and, and really trying their, their best to uh, integrate that way. Um, I, I certainly used to be in my younger years on the um, a support pension, like a, a, a new start allowance, as it's called here in Australia, for those who might be unemployed. Um, and I was on that uh, until I uh, realised it was getting more tricky to to be on that. So I, I uh, pulled my finger out of my bottom, as we say here in Australia. I got off my, my, my backside, Maria, and I, I, I became qualified. I, I um, went and worked in many different jobs and industries from... Um, sales to nightclubs to retail. I did all various different things, coaching. Um, and then, of course, I worked in the gym. So uh, I was a sales consultant selling gym memberships and helping people to, to sign up. Um, and that's where, of course, then I, I landed my first ever client, uh, or Asperger's client. Um, and they were a lovely family. And, and that's where Time to Train was born, I suppose. Um, and I, I chose uh, to, to become self-employed. I started with um, just the one client, and this was almost uh, yeah, nearly nine years now, nine years ago. Uh, and I grew, I grew a business. I started a business. I, I self-employed is, is a very different uh, way of working. Uh, I mean, full charge and responsibility of, of absolutely everything. And um, for those uh, who, who do operate their own business, can understand and, and empathise with me that um, when you do run your own business and you're managing everything. Um, it's it, it it sounds fun, but it's it's tricky. And if you're not organised and you're not on top of everything, it can all come crashing down very quickly. And uh, you never really sort of switch off. You're always sort of working. <laughs> but um, you know, if you're doing it well, and it's taken me, uh, you know, a few a few years to get it right, um, it can be very rewarding because you're in full control and you can work at your own comfortable pace. Um, sometimes that's going to be more and other times that will be less. But um, going back to our main point here is uh, I'm, I'm fully independent and uh, I love the fact that um, I can uh, manage and operate everything quite successfully and smoothly um, with minimal support. Having said that, of course, I, I enjoy always um, the support from uh, uh, friends and family and uh, anyone that, you know, wants to be involved in what I do. It's been wonderful that I've now got a, a second personal trainer on board who has the right attitude, and Taylor is terrific with families. Um, you know, a lot of uh, parents have already complimented on how well she is at, um, working with their children, and uh, and uh, she's doing very nicely. So I'm very proud now to also be managing and looking after uh, staff as well. So it's terrific. Sounds uh, amazing. Sounds wonderful. And so, yes, everybody, you know, if, if you could show the people what you could do, that's great. And it's amazing. A lot of people could do a lot more than, you know, what people think. And there's a lot of people out there, they could get supported jobs, and, you know, even with the even with subtractive. But some, you know, not going to be able to work, and that's understandable, but we'll support them in other ways. Sure. And so, so it's, all, it's all, you know, and you can support in other ways and work on their skills. So if you work on their skills, it gives them another outlet for them to do something and to show people what Absolutely. can they do. So And sometimes, you know, you have to work with them or go halfway and, and give them the credit because they're not about to get the credit themselves. So Absolutely. So well, one of, the, one of the things I do, one of the things I'm doing, sorry to cut you off there, Maria, I just wanted to quickly mention, one of the, the, the newest exciting programs that I am currently uh, doing at the moment that's close to, uh, with time to train is the success I'm having with the teenage and adult program called the Loop Program, which is Learn, Understand, Practice and Experience. And, and that really is, like you just said there, uh, you know, helping those 
uh, on the uh, autism spectrum to build more independent skills, to, to be more independent thinking, to certainly work towards uh, improving what's called better executive functioning skills, which come more naturally to those uh, neurotypical individuals. Um, so that can be things like regulating emotions to you know, knowing uh, how to uh, talk or, or, or have conversation skills, um, certainly um, being able to apply your focus and concentration a bit more effectively and appropriately as well. But basically just rounding out some sharp edges onto a person's um, personality uh, is, is very much part of what I'm working with uh, these young individuals who have so much talent and uh, are very, very, very capable in many ways. But a lot of these individuals that I do see struggle with the self-confidence, do struggle with self-esteem and anxiety um, and have a real strong belief that they just can't do a lot of the things that um, neurotypical uh, individuals can do, which um, I'm completely debunking all that and showcasing it's very possible to be a very confident, healthy, balanced individual. I think this is why the article written by um, Ron Sanderson, who I met in the States in Michigan, who does a lot of work for autism and in the, uh, in the uh, religious side of things, the, the, the minister of the church. And uh, Ron was wonderful to speak to, to listen to and then speak to afterwards. And uh, uh, Ron uh, wrote a wonderful article, asked me a series of different questions about my life and struggles with autism and how I've turned that around to become um, independent and successful. Um, but in that article, Maria, it was largely based on uh, yeah, uh, the fact that it is very, very possible for uh, uh, anyone out there to really get on top of anxiety and stress and to really work on the, on the strengths and uh, improve the weaknesses within ourselves and that autism or Asperger's as a way of functioning, uh, that can also be well managed and in control uh, as well in down the track. So it's very, very possible for anyone out there who might wake up today or might be even listening right now thinking, you know, why is it that I can't do this or why do I struggle to, to, uh, to do that? Um, that with enough practice and by continually learning as we all should do in life anyway, and by practicing and then of course finally getting out and just experiencing and making mistakes and learning from those, that is really ultimately the, the loop. Learn, understand, practice and experience. So it's uh, a great program that is uh, still very early, but it, uh, it is really showing uh, some wonderful positive results um, that I am seeing um, in young teenagers but also in adults from 20, 30 years of age onwards. So that's some wonderful success that I'm having here in Melbourne. Oh, that's perfect. Sounds amazing. Um, and I think this is stuff that the world needs. I think we all we all need that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But also, too, is that um, of some people with, let's say, who, you know, that um not able to share the story by themselves, a lot of them are very noise sensitive, so they are struggling to manage the sounds. So mm. sometimes it show. I mean, sometimes they can manage without having a, a, a what people consider a behavior, and sometimes they're going to have that. So to be out more in the community, as you're talking about, you need to watch where you're going with them because if it's too many crowded people and it's too many loud sounds, or the children are yelling, being loud because that is what a normal, typical, what children do when they get excited and they're outdoors and they play. But then it's very challenging for the individual to, to manage those sounds. Uh, those sounds. So you got a lot of sounds for too many people, adults being too loud or children being very loud, and, and, they, and sometimes it might sound like they're yelling because they're very loud, and when they play outside, they play outdoors, it's, you know, it's just difficult for the individual because it sounds like they're, the people outside playing sounds like they're in your house on top of your ear, right in your ear, even though they're outside. That's how loud they appear, uh, what, you know, the autistic person hears it. 
So absolutely. Well, one talk. of the things I mentioned is uh, one of the things that I definitely uh, uh, speak of in the article is is the, the sensory system uh, and the style of approach uh, that I that I teach is the sensitize sensitization, uh, which is uh, to, to stretch one's sensory abilities from sight and sound. Um, and uh, for me, for growing up, it was you know I'd hear a vacuum cleaner or a hand dryer, and my brain would distinguish those sounds coming out of those devices as uh, something completely different. So the vacuum cleaner, as I mentioned in the article, uh, to me that sounded like a thousand people dying. Uh, it was a terrifying, traumatic sound, and um, not just the the actual volume, but just the actual sound as well. So for me, that was quite terrifying. I, uh, I couldn't be taken out to different places or to certain places um, in, the, in the public because I would see things and my brain would then very quickly uh, distort or change things to be something of a, of a, of a traumatic negative. Um, and therefore, I was unable to, you know, for example, hop onto a train and enjoy a train ride or or go somewhere and sit down and enjoy something because if there were so many people talking in the voices that I could hear, um, my brain processed them differently and changed something that sounds normal and positive into a, into a negative. So one of the things that I'm working on with children or even teens to adults, stretching that by helping them to rethink out of that negative, to not, to not focus so strongly on what they're listening or, or hearing and making it a negative to actually uh, build up their confidence and resilience towards certain sounds and actually helping helping them to process that sound for what it actually is. So hearing something at a low pitch and then helping them through the different stages that, you know, the volume is going to increase, it will get louder or it may it may get more busy and really stretching their sensory system like an elastic band, Maria. And so that elastic band must become so flexible. And this is over the course of however many weeks or months or even a year or plus, however long it takes, I don't care. But it's about helping a person who might be so hypersensitive to sound. But then one day they can end up being out in the community and hearing those same sounds that they once used to become so traumatised by now they can actually cope and actually um, understand and process those sounds for what they actually are. So if they're hearing a lot of people talking around them, that they're not going to take it as a negative and it's not going to be too full on, that it, it's okay to actually be. And that's why I used to work in a nightclub because I challenged myself to know what it's like to, to work in an environment where there's a lot of noise. So I really so pushed myself to, to try and cope. Yeah. So what I was going to say is, so even though you were sharing us uh, that you struggle with those sounds, as a child growing up, what exactly you did? Did you have a meltdown? Did you scream? Do you did you cover your ears, or you yeah, did you went to the floor? What did you do? All those things, I'm correct on it. You went to the floor. All of it, yeah. Cover so ears. Some, you run around was, screaming. Yeah. My mum used to watch me uh, in in um, in terror. I, I used to put the hands over the ears. I used to scream. I sometimes used to go into that rocking position and rock back and forth to try and calm myself or uh, obviously um, remove myself very quickly from a situation or an environment, run away, hide. Um, so I was very deeply tra traumatised or, or terrified by certain sounds. Um, and uh, that was with also, um, you know, uh, tasting things. You know, if I looked at, I didn't have my, I couldn't have my food touching because I was in fear that that would make the entire meal taste completely different and not so nice. So I had already planted that thought and belief in my head that by just even the slightest touch of, of different foods on a plate, would completely destroy the, uh, the, the the perfect meal that was in front of me. So, uh, you know, if I had, say, meat and vegetables and, and potato, well, the vegetables had to be in one bowl, 
potato had to be in, on another plate and the meat just had to be on another plate. So it was like three plates. And very slowly over time, I had to understand that it's okay for food to touch and that sometimes the mix of the mixture of foods could, could make a meal taste actually more enjoyable. So that took, that just took practice and time. Um, but I used to do all sorts of little different things. You know, I couldn't even hold my knife and fork correctly. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't write properly. My handwriting, my fine gross motor skills were shocking. They were terrible. Um, I couldn't read very well. I couldn't speak very well. My English and my language was very limited and my words were all jumbled up. So I really struggled there. So trying to express um, my, my emotions was very difficult. So it was just throw a meltdown or a tantrum even because um, I didn't have the words or the ability to be able to string a sentence together correctly or even articulate the words. I had difficulty uh, in telling the time. It was very difficult for me to know what time it was during the day, especially on an, on an analog clock. Digital was quite easy. Um, so I really did struggle as a child in every sort of area of, um, uh, of one's development. Yeah, and my sensory system on top was all over the place, majorly imbalanced. So my coordination skills were... Uh, were very poor. I, I struggled to to catch a ball. I was very stiff with my arms. Uh, you know, would would clums you know fall over very clumsily. So that was um, uh, very difficult for me. And of course, uh, on top of that, if I made one wrong move in school, I would be bullied and teased significantly, which to to me really made a, a massive uh, negative impact on me mentally, um, and started to really change my perception towards people. So. Um, so it was very difficult. It was very, very much a big struggle in my life. And um, uh, those that do know me very well really uh, admire me for my adversity and uh, um, uh, my strength to um, push forward in life um, because it wasn't always easy. And it's not always easy uh, for people on the autism spectrum. Um, and that's why I can understand why so many uh, do struggle with depression, anxiety, um, and, and really do struggle in uh, their mental health. But there is definitely always a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, and there are definitely uh, great supportive um, programs or people in the community that may or may not have autism who put their hand up, who do, definitely are there to try to help. And it's very important for someone on the autism spectrum to uh, always try their best to remain positive, um, to be in a, in a positive environment, to always know that there's always someone out there that's going through the same struggles, if not more, that has gone on to achieve a good quality life and that it is possible to improve the quality of one's life, even if you have autism or Asperger's. Uh, I'm just one living proof of that example that it is very possible to do that and so that's why i i, uh, I uh, do my my very best to reach out to so many families when i do present uh, or even uh, just through the work that i do exercise and activity and movement is scientifically gaining even more and more knowledge uh, or sorry uh, support maria um, that building the brain like it were a tree gr growing the branches and then obviously flowers and leaves, uh, you know, to uh, showcase that it, uh, the brain uh, has got so much potential and we just got to round off all those sharp edges and we can make a, a really good go of uh, integrating a person on the spectrum into our, into our big, wider, broader community. It's very possible to do that. So, so what program uh, for Time to Train did you do develop it to help support those challenges? So I was doing a movement program uh, from a very early age, which was fo focusing on very functional, basic movements from crawling to um, sort of acrobatic type movements. Um, a lot of these exercises are about uh, rocking and rolling the brain, and so there wasn't a lot of knowledge or, or research um, uh, back in the early 90s. It was just starting to get more coverage back then, but uh, nowhere near as much as what there is now. But all it was for me was my mother placed me on the gluten-free, dairy-free 
wheat-free, sugar-free diet. So she saw me acting very odd and strange from a very early age in my life. Um, I was born in 1987. So from about the age of um, five, six years of age was when I was really starting to uh, showcase some very different behaviours. And so she changed my diet first and uh, didn't really know what that would do, but it certainly made um, a massive difference in my behaviour levels, if you will. And then the exercise came into it as well at the same time, which started to really help my body become more coordinated. And in turn, what that did for me was help me to be more settled in the classroom. And one of the things we're just talking about at the moment, we've got a politician here in Australia that's just spoken out about autistics apparently being removed from the uh, mainstream classroom. Well, um, a lot I've taken a lot of her words out of context, I feel, in that, uh, you know, we need to have um, more uh, education. We need to definitely have more strategies in place to try and help people on the autism spe- spectrum who might be struggling to integrate into a mainstream classroom, that we definitely need to find um, successful programs or strategies to, you know, help these children who might be struggling and, and holding back other kids in the classroom we, I'm all for inclusion. I think it's very important for people on the autism spectrum to definitely uh, integrate into mainstream and get the maximum out of their education and be included. I'm all for that. But those that are really struggling in the classroom uh, that may need to be taken out, which happened for me, Maria. I was taken out, so it happened for me, uh, that uh, there'd be alternative strategies and methods in place to then try and Uh, help that person to reintegrate into a a mainstream classroom. So my program, amongst so many, uh, focuses on helping in in building the confidence, in managing the emotions, building the social skills, and coordinating the body and the brain together. And in turn, like I say, we're seeing, I'm seeing in these children far more control of their emotions, far more ability and more confidence in their social skills, their spatial awareness, They have, um, that confidence is so important. That confidence really does lead to that uh, desire to want to learn more and to want to improve more. And I think that really does help significantly with a person on the uh, autism spectrum because a lot typically do believe that they just can't do things or they just don't want to do things because things in life are too difficult. And typically a person with autism thinks, if it's too hard, I don't want to do it, so I just won't when really they actually need to understand that if they're going to live a full, quality, enjoyable, successful life where they can do things for themselves or be fully functional and independent, that they better get up and get going and they better start learning a lot of these skills and they better start becoming um, a lot more improved within themselves if they're to have so much more uh, opportunity and success in their life. So I do challenge a lot on the uh, on the spectrum to really go back and, and just work out the, the the weaknesses, work out the areas where you may be struggling, whether it might be reading or writing, spelling, doesn't matter what it is, it might be communicating or eye contact, just to go back and work on those weaknesses and to try and continually exercise and improve. I still do it on a daily basis myself. I'm not perfect. But I definitely feel so in control of everything that I do on a daily basis that I truly do feel like I've, I'm free and I'm broken away from a lot of those typical traits of Asperger's. And so that's why the experts, they can't put me down on, on any sort of scale or criteria, if you will. And there's actually a study being done at the moment whereby there's a small minority in the world that are uh, showcasing that it's very possible to be actually able to step out of the autism spectrum, which is quite exciting because it showcases that autism is something that can be managed, but the traits of autism can actually be used to improve oneself to then go on and lead a very successful life and not just in a special interest field, but in overall life. We can be the best communicators. We can have the best um, uh, relationships with people. We can go on to be 
getting married and, and settling down, having children, be quite stable, secure, healthy, and uh, and quite balanced individuals. That we're not all just rigid and uh, and machine-like. So that's all I think um, going to change. It's going to take still some time, but uh, I'm just one of many that are leading the way that it's very possible. Um, definitely. Uh, also, I think people need to understand, too, that we talk about the noise sensitivity and, and understanding that because a lot of times educators don't understand, you know, because sometimes other people's voices are very vocal because they don't have the speech, and then that affects the individual in the class. So I think they also need to have and work with the. I think they need to work with the families and and together as a team to help each other. Absolutely, in that, that, that's so important. The teachers have to be on board. Parents have to be very much on board. Even grandparents or other relatives all need to certainly be on board in understanding uh, that uh, a child on the autism spectrum does learn differently and processes things differently, and that's okay. Um, But once everyone's on board and does understand and knows the routine, and it's obviously all working, uh, that's brilliant. Um, And uh, here in Australia, but worldwide, it's got to continue. That's just creating more awareness and being well-educated. Also, families, like they have, like, you know, they have, like, um, the autism conferences or the, well, or a convention when, they, you know, they talk about autism and the different, you know, breakdowns on different areas. Also, you know, they have it for educators. They have it for families. Uh, not family, you know, for the individual family goes. I think that the families, the immediate families that you're involved with going over there as a social event or for holidays, it would be nice for them to come in to learn about it too because if they're uncomfortable, the individualized of their family member on the spectrum to the house and their their siblings or their cousins not accepting it, that also puts on a, a challenge and and that just like you have to deal with going to school. So I think, that, you know, it also has to come from families, like you said. They need to, you know, have some awareness of that. Absolutely. And on that note, Maria, I unfortunately have to get back to work here. So uh, thank you very, very much for having me on your show. And, You're welcome. And uh, definitely we'll uh, try uh, to make some time in the future to, to get back on again. That would be wonderful. Yes. All right. So have a have a um, have a good day, and because it's early by you. <laughs> it is. So. It is. Well, it's just after <laughs> twelve now. But uh, yeah, as I say, um, you know, I hope that the um, the message is clear. I think you and I are both uh, very much in in um, on the same path there. That uh, uh, every day, everyone on the spectrum just. Continually remain positive. Continue to be more, uh, get as much awareness, get as well educated as you possibly can. Look and at your weaknesses in your own life. Point. Yeah, and breathing uh, and, and positive and affirmations is very important. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. Good on you, Maria. I will speak to you again in the future. Thank you so much again, and uh, we'll be in touch. You're welcome. Thanks, Maria. Bye.
Welcome back to Life's Journey, an, an Anchor Weekly Radio Show. And we were interviewing and um, a special guest, Jeremy Sansom, with Time to Train. Maria is going to read her poems. Friend of Silence, Child of Light. In spirituality, visualizing angels surrounding me with love, hugs of sincerity, receiving blessings, overjoy experiences, doors of opportunity, open my gifts and talents, gushing forth, dawn of new directions, memory support, life's lessons, sojourns into awareness, emotions pouring out, part of tears, words disappear into silence can't express just yet. The core of my soul emerging, child light, slowly adjusting to the brilliant light of day. Words floating, then seeking, seeking yet mute, friend of silence, 
in my own world lost, but not forever. Others chose to express their empathy, a perfect phrase, offering some comfort messages, pieces of wisdom, taking them in, experiences a great perceptive, formatted my own understanding. I am the mother, rock her own inner child, hearing her cries, a newfound joy of expressions, searching for connecting in a confusing world. Pin drop, listen carefully, language, designing a new direction, fresh new beginnings for a friend of silence. Tranquility within, calmness of thought, conscious review of suffering. Mother and daughter poem, Inside of Zena's Mind of Autism. Sunshine casting shadows away, reflecting the light within, brightness our essence, balance emotion of mood, bright and shine, every day I need you, wisdom of love sees my heart, embraces me, angels whispering words of song echo in my ear, inner voice sings of happiness, laughter emerges, love I receive from the Lord, cleanse my wounds, Beautiful healing within my soul. Pain washes away common, overloaded sensory issues. Comfort myself with rocking, swaying, and rubbing. My brain disconnected, protecting me from feeling good or bad. No words to express the confusion or the clarity as it forms. Mother and daughter poem, Colors Through Athena's Mind. Athena observing mixtures of colors, creativity of art, through her mind, powerful, expressing herself with words and description. Athena's learning to merge in one word of spoken language, connecting pictures, images of her mind. Bursts of laughter, smile, green clouds, brown twigs, tree bark, sharing her stories with mom. Traveling deep sea, ocean, water, floating words, fishing for fish, entwines wisdom of nourishment. Purple and sky, peaceful, swimming tranquility. Blue appears through her mind. Gray clouds, blue sky, mood of sadness, crying loudly. Excitement of a laughter, emotions tangled in a twist of confusion, overwhelming power. Silence quiets the mind or listening stories emerging. Educate her brain, observing words of her mind floating. Gifted artists of performance schedule another play. Maria's new poem, Life Stories. Receiving peace with prayers within, no problems occurring, good choices with extreme restriction placed upon me of my independence.
and welcome back to Life's Journey with your host and your director manager, Maria Ilya. Maria's poem, Send You Roses. Send You Roses, my gift as an a talented photographer, capture a moment, enjoying each other's company, blessing of the angel of wisdom, receiving messages, heavily above, echoes in our ears, God's package. Observing with our soul, connecting, hugs of our love, precious memories, touches my heart, smile, laughter, overriding of unknown role, playing my character, an overload of giggles. Deeply penetrating the core of my century, into a stillness, observant actress. Boxes of Treasures. That's the theme that I wrote about. It was a poetry contest, and I came in third place. Box of Treasures. My friend, you are my box of treasures. Heavenly gifts. God eternally love. Sending me a package. Blessing gifts of energy. Extremely grateful. Wisdom of inspiration. Teaching me beyond death of extreme deep emotions. Pours upon my paper. Amazing poetry. Balance of life, breathing, sending you the outcome, wraps your loved one within her soul, manage good choices. Soul empowerment, appetite with strong spirit, who is determined to conquer your opportunities. Fulfilling your role as heart woman, touches the heart of the soul, the soul of the sea, connected emblems, affirmation, resigning, reminders within, artist endowment of appetite with support. Deeply penetrating the core of my century. And that came in third place. And Mother's Legacy. Mother's Legacy are the challenge of topics, conversation with disclosure, she's still in me. Knowing when to share or not to with my mom, within life's lessons, without spoken language or observation, without being taught. Moms responded with negative words, affecting me emotionally, physically draining, seeking dialogue, my own world. Mystery, abject, social rules, others do not comply, anxiety, fear sets in, observation, established trust. Strong soul, wisdom I learned, thriving of existence, narrate of protection, storing on files in the corner of my mind, recollection occurs, physiology and theories, and blooms penetrate my emotions, physiology can't share, repairly replays, the candlelight restores, the pure innocence of own true self preserved in pocket. So we enjoyed the uh, performance, and we're going to have say good night uh, around the world, or a good morning where you are, with your director, manager, and your host, Maria Ilio, for a life's journey. <laughs>